Welcome to the Wild Remedies Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Francora, and I'm here to bring you captivating stories from some of the most fascinating people I've connected with on my own journey of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wild Remedies Podcast. Today, we are chatting with Samantha Gladish, and we are talking all things metabolism and hormones. So there's a little bit of misconception about what the metabolism really is, and we're going to deep dive into that. Samantha's really cool. She is a hormone nutritionist with a specialty in metabolic and thyroid health. She's the author of the Amazon bestseller, The 30-Day Hormone Solution, and the host of one of Canada's top-rated podcasts, The Wellness Witch. She's the founder of holisticwellness.ca, which is a website dedicated to helping women optimize their health and hormones. And she has a major passion for business um, through her work as a health coach and leads her to develop her own online business mentorship pro- uh, program for practitioners and nutritionists. She knows exactly how to help others grow and scale their online wellness and coaching business programs and to up-level their bank account with alignment, ease, and flow. Um, Samantha speaks internationally on all things wellness, entrepreneurship, and in her spare time, you can find her baking up delicious, healthy treats in her kitchen. There's a lot of really, really great tips in this episode. I made a lot of notes, even for myself personally. One really cool thing she talks about is um, tracking your body temperature. So just with a regular thermometer first thing in the morning to see where you're at with your thyroid health. Um, So yeah, listen in. Let me know what you think. If you love this episode, give it a screenshot, share it on social media, and we will share that on our platform as well. So without further ado, let's meet Samantha. Hi, I'm Maddie. Let me tell you a quick story of how I'm supporting my PCOS with Wild Remedies Spice Chocolate Magic Latte. First of all, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist, so you know I'm investing in finding long-term, sustainable approaches to wellness. Living with PCOS, when things are feeling a little out of balance, it's common for me to wake up groggy, have blood sugar crashes throughout the day, or become totally overwhelmed by daily stressors. My morning coffee was causing blood sugar spikes, anxiety, and tummy trouble, so I swapped it for Wild Remedies Spiced Chocolate Magic Latte about a year ago, and believe me when I tell you that the change has been insane. Each sachet has three servings of wild Siberian chaga, a powerful antioxidant-rich adaptogenic mushroom that helps to fight inflammation and fatigue and regulate the immune system. It tastes like a creamy hot chocolate with just a hint of spice, and it keeps my stomach calm. Since swapping, I feel more clarity and calm throughout the day, and my morning magic latte helps to set clear intentions for the rest of my day. I save 15% on my monthly subscription at wildremediesshop.com and at $2.50 per serving, it's saving me a ton on Starbucks runs and supplement orders. Check out the links and promos in the show notes to get your own. Your adrenals will thank you. Hello, Samantha. Welcome to the Wild Remedies Podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting with you this morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It really means a lot. This is awesome. It's nice to interview a fellow Canadian. You're in the yes. middle of a nice wintry storm. I know, joy. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I need to go to Mexico or something here soon. It's been so gray here. And I'm just like, literally, I have like my sad lamp on next to me right now. Uh, 
pulling out all the stops just to keep yep. the vitamin D up and as many happy hormones flowing as possible. <laughs> Good for you. It's important. It is gray skies. It's been a lot of gray skies lately and yeah, it's cold and uh, I feel, I totally relate. I'm like, I need to go somewhere hot. I feel like I can make it through to the end of December because I love like the festivities and being around family mm-hmm. and the holidays and like, that's all great. But come January, I'm like, Okay, yeah. well, now what? Yeah. I know. Get me out of here. I know. You get the letdown from the holidays and you're just like, okay, I've had enough. I got to get out of here for sure. Oh, <laughs> cool. Well, I'm super psyched to chat with you about hormones today and metabolism and all those great things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like it's something that like all women, I mean, obviously all women or, you know, we have a lot of hormone fluctuations, but there's a lot of dysregulation that's happening just within the general, you know, population. So it's a hot topic. And, sure. but, but first, I'd love to just hear about your background and how you became a hormone nutritionist. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm always, every time I get asked this question, I'm like, how far back do I really take this? But basically, um, I was always innately interested in food and nutrition and wellness. I was really lucky that I grew up in a household where my mother made everything from scratch. Mm. Um, even when my grandmother was babysitting me, even though I couldn't understand her because she's Portuguese, I we communicated through food, right? And mm. so, you know, she's she's passed now, but just that experience and being around her and food and in the kitchen and that's basically where she literally lived was all day long in the kitchen. And they had this amazing garden and I was always in the garden and just like, you know, being able to witness what they were doing and eating this amazing food at that age, you obviously don't truly appreciate it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I got into my teenage years, well, those healthy habits kind of died hard because, well, you're a teenager and you want to eat whatever your friends are eating and fast food and all the kind of things, right? And then, of course, you know, got my period and was getting a lot of discomfort and cramps and migraines and headaches. And like most other teenage girls, I got put on the birth control pill mm. and I... I basically thought it was just like this amazing gift. Oh my God, you could take this pill and it quote unquote regulate your cycle. And it was just, you know, it was just amazing. And I could, oh, I could take the pill even when I'm on my, like about to get my quote unquote period, which isn't a real period. It's a pill, a pill bleed. I could take the pill while, you know, being on my period And then that would mean I wouldn't get an actual period. So if I wanted to go swimming or like be at the cottage and be with friends, right? So, you know, things like that, that I did and just didn't understand. I just, I just Mm -hmm. didn't know. And I didn't have the knowledge or the tools and nobody taught me. Nobody sat me down and talked to me about the side effects or like most young girls, you know, I wasn't taught about my cycle and menstruation and ovulation, fertility, hormone. I wasn't taught about any of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, again, still very interested in nutrition and well-being. I was reading a lot and just like really obsessed about just food and wellness. And that kind of led me down this path to study nutrition. 
And in that very first month at nutrition school, I remember the teacher talking about the birth control pill and it was just this like light bulb went off and I just like stopped taking it in that moment. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like a big wake up call and a big aha. And so I feel like I was, I actually went to university thinking that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then it wasn't until I graduated university that I was like, this is definitely not what I want to do. And I really want to be in the you know health and wellness field. And so I, I studied holistic nutrition and then everything I learned there, I was just so excited about it and so passionate. And I wanted to take what I learned and be able to support and help other women. And that's really what led me down the path to being a hormone nutritionist. I love it. That's very cool. I like that you took it back to from the beginning. I think that's important. And it's funny, I, I have the same story, right? Like I got put on the pill when I was 14. Um, I, you know, was starting to get cystic acne and had, you know, not horrifying cramps, but, you know, it was definitely not comfortable. Right. Uh, But yeah, to me, it was a gift, right? I was like, oh my God, because it cleared my skin up right away. Um, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones that didn't have a lot of side effects. Well, (laughs) that I know of. Um, right. I'm sure there was a bunch of other underlying stuff that it was doing and basically just kind of suppressing the symptoms, obviously, but I didn't get like the crazy mood swings or whatever. It really did make me feel and look a lot better. So for many, many years, I was like, this is the thing. This is so great. And then when I started learning about, you know, uh, more holistic methods and I tried to get off of the pill, it was just an absolute disaster. So oh, all the symptoms came raging back, you know, yeah. now I'm in my late 20s and my face looks like, you know, I'm a hormonal teenager <laughs> again. Right. And it took me a really, really long time to actually get, get off the pill. Um, I feel like this is like a really hot topic right now. Like, do you want to maybe chat a little bit about what some of the side effects are? Um, from from taking the pill? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, it can definitely vary based on what pill you're taking. And there's so many different ones now. I feel like I'm not even totally in the mix of all the, the new ones that are now on the market. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the side effects are mood swings. Typically, women will experience hair loss, um, a lot of depression and anxiety that mm-hmm. that and show up. And also with the hair loss is like hair thinning. That was definitely something I noticed mm. was hair thinning. Um, and uh, headaches, migraines, that can often be a side effect. Sometimes digestive issues, like someone will feel very bloated. Um, and also one of the big things, like you mentioned when you came off of the pill was that, you know, all these symptoms showed up for you. And that's, that's really important to address because we are taking the pill because we want to mask a scent where what we're doing is masking these symptoms that are showing up when we're not getting to the root of why they're there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so we take the pill and have this beautiful, clear skin. We have, you know, this regulated quote unquote cycle and, you know, and we think this is a great thing. And then we come off of the pill and then all those symptoms come, you know, rearing their head and like come back Mm -hmm. with a vengeance. And essentially what happens there is just that 
well, you've really suppressed ovulation. So you've suppressed your own production of estrogen and progesterone. So now to take that synthetic form away, it's almost like your ovaries have to kickstart all over again and start, you know, finding their natural rhythm again. And for that process to happen and to, to find, to get back into that rhythm, a lot of symptoms are going to show up. Plus you've never healed those symptoms in the first place. So you just took something to mask it. It's like ripping the bandaid off and it's like, oh, well, it's still actually there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of women will actually experience post pill PCOS and because the pill can impact how our cells respond to insulin. And so there's a lot of post-pill PCOS. So women who didn't have PCOS before the pill, they come off of the pill and now find that they have um, possibly ovarian cysts, they have insulin resistance, have low testosterone, um, high testosterone, and they also have um, cystic acne. So that often I've seen that numerous times in my practice. And oftentimes when that show shows up, I always ask their history of if they were on the pill or not. And I think in every PCOS case I've ever worked with, the pill has always been involved. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is very much my case. Um, I wasn't able to get off of it. Well, I didn't have the courage to get off of it until literally a couple of years ago. Like there have been attempts. But I just right. couldn't handle the system or the the symptoms, and so I just sure. kept going back on. Yeah. Um, finally got off of it, but yeah, I was definitely having issues with blood sugar um, swings, and um, you know, a friend of mine was just like, "You have PCOS, you have, you have PCOS," and I'm like, "But but why? <laughs> like, but where is it coming from? Right? Like, yeah. there yeah. there has to be a root cause." Um, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. Now. So is it just normal then for teenagers to just enter into womanhood with all of these uncomfortable symptoms and just to be plagued with terrible skin for like, you know, 10 years or whatever it is? Or is right. that like a symptom of our environment? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. You know, when you are a teenager and like you're starting to menstruate and ovulate and all of that for the very first time, like your hormones are all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously as you get older and your body really starts to regulate and you have this like monthly ovulation and a regular cycle, you can start to predict things more with like fertility and whatnot. But when you're younger, like that is it, that really is all over the place. And like the chances of getting pregnant, it, it can happen. I don't want to say at any time, like we do only ovulate that one time, but because you're in like, you're just starting the menstruation process and ovulation process. It's such a surge of hormones that pregnancy can happen at any, at any time. And it's, it's mm -hmm. so kind of unknown during those years because your body is is starting its development process, right? One of the development stages. So um, with that will come a lot of symptoms for sure. However, diet plays a role, environment plays a role, stress plays a role. Genetics definitely can play a role. You know, genetics load the gun, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to always fall back and be like, it's my genetics, right? 
And that's not necessarily the case. Sure, they can play a role. So perhaps if your you know, mother or grandmother had really terrible issues with their cycle and menstruation or early menstruation or whatever, you know, that looked like that could potentially be the case for you. It's the same thing with like menopause and perimenopause. If mm-hmm. your mother or your grandmother went into early perimenopause, that could potentially be the case for you. But that just because that happened to them doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen to you. But just to point out that genetics can play a role for sure. But, you know, nutrition is a big part of it. And let's face it, there's not a lot of young teenage girls who are, you know, eating a healthy, not not even just teenage girls, teenagers in general, right? Mm -hmm. Who aren't conscious of what they're eating and taking care of their bodies and we're staying up late and we're on our iPhones and our iPads, which didn't exist in our time, which I think like, thank God for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I look at my nieces now and I'm just like, man, they're just all over their iPad and all on, you know, all about YouTube. And I'm just like, this is not healthy. This is not okay. We're not evolutionarily designed to be in front of these blue screens to be connected with thousands of people on the daily, like this is just not part of evolution mm-hmm. and it's really unhealthy. And of course, coming from a business owner who of course, social media plays a role in my business, but you know, trying to manage that and have those healthy boundaries. Um, so I'm getting a bit off topic here, but pointing out that yes, there is a lot of positives that we can do to influence our hormones and our cycles from a very young age. And, and, you know, you, you kind of said it there with like environment and whatnot, like it all will, it all will play a role for sure. Our sleep, our, you know, circadian rhythms, sunlight, like all of this matters. So, Mm. you know, nutrition plays a really big role at that time. Like our bodies are, are building our bodies and are in this really powerful, developmental stage. So we want to be able to nourish our bodies and provide, you know, mineral dense nutrition and to tell a teenager, you need to eat a mineral dense nutritious diet. It's probably not going to land for them very well. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Cause I'm thinking like, well, what can parents do? You know, we've kind of hopefully are learning from our mistakes because, I mean, I swear everybody that I went to high school with probably did the exact same things that I did, right? We were all put on the pill, same story. We're eating, you know, pizza pops and itchy ban and craft dinner and all of the shit. Like, I mean, my mom, you know, gave us nutritious meals and stuff too, but there was a lot of junk. (laughs) Right, right. And how do you, yeah, like, how do you convince your kid? Because that's something that always stresses me out and why I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I could ever have kids is because as soon as you get them into the public school system, it's like they want to do what everybody else is doing, right? Totally. They want the tech. They want the junk food. They want all of the others. So it's like, what do you do? Like, you just keep them at home like little hermits and just be like, nope, (laughs) you're just going to eat kale and, you know, grass-fed beef and that's your life. (laughs) So you don't get the mistakes that I did. (laughs) I totally get that. You know, like I'm not a parent. I have coached and worked with many parents for Mm -hmm. sure. And especially working with so many young teenagers and speaking to mom and dad throughout that process too, right? And having them be a part of that process. Um, So I get it. Like it is a challenge. And 
at the end of the day, you know, I've always told, you know, parents that I've worked with that it's, it's, you can control what you do in the household mm-hmm. and that's what's most important so that at least there's this upbringing and this environment of knowing that in this house, this is what we eat. And if you go out with your friends, like it is what it is because you can't control all of it, mm-hmm. you know? And so hoping that as much as you're grain- ingraining all those important values around nutrition and food and their body are hoping to do that at home so that even when they are out with friends that perhaps that's you know sticking in the back of their head so of course they're going to make poor food choices but maybe they won't be as poor or as often because of what you've taught them at home Mm -hmm. right so there has to be this level of trust and this letting go so that you're not just controlling every bit of it And with that said, every household and parenting style is different. So, you know, I'm not here to impose on, on anybody, just, just offering some suggestions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like the younger generations are more health conscious now, like obviously not talking about like children or teenagers, but I'm seeing trends with kids in their twenties. They're not really going out and like binging and partying and doing all the things that we did um, right. when I was that age. There, 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 there is like an interest in in wellness, which is great. So I don't know if that's just the values that their parents are kind of um, you know passing down to them through their experience, or if it's just you know a global shift in consciousness that we're you know having these indigo children and things that are starting to yeah. to um, you know grace our planet and are just wiser than than we were. Um, but it's positive for sure. For sure. And I wonder if like social media has played a role in that too. Mm. I think, you know, I see my, my nieces, for example, who are, they love to watch these different like makeup influencers on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. And, but then you see these makeup influencers who are also sharing like, because I want to take care of my skin, you know, I'm drinking this green juice or I'm having this, you know, and so Um, I I often can see that. So I'm like, maybe this is where they're learning it. And, you know, not that I think it's the greatest place to learn these things, but it's, you know, going to be some positives in there, then great. I'll take that. That's true. Wellness has kind of become the new luxury and this like underlying beauty tool, it seems this, this trend, which true whatever, like uh, I'm here for it. As long as you're getting the good things in, in your body, that's important. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that information. I think that's awesome. Um, I mean, for any parents that are listening to this, um, I guess it's kind of like the way that you work with folks, like, is, is it more of like a customized approach or is there just sort of like everyday things that people can be doing and in, in implementing or does it really need to be tailored? Yeah. I mean, I don't actually coach one-to-one anymore and I don't do any Mm -hmm. private consultations, um, but you can still work with our team of amazing coaches who do. And um, I just run like my online, if anybody is interested in working with me personally, I do run an online program where they can get access to me that through that program, through our naturally nourished program. Um, But when it does come to, when I look back on, you know, working with clients one-to-one, it was a lot of customization for sure. Um, And I, 
worked primarily, I mean, when I really started my practice, I was primarily working with, you know, period health and PCOS. And then over time, it kind of branched into weight loss because it seemed that most women that were coming to me with hormonal imbalances, there was an underlying issue with weight gain. And mm-hmm. I, I, I saw that pretty frequently with PCOS. And it's not to say mm-hmm. that that's always the case across the board, but, but that was often the case that I was seeing in my practice. And so it kind of branched into weight loss. And then from there, it kind of expanded into thyroid and, you know, that kind of became a really big focus of, of my practice. And I think it's just as I evolved personally, I, you know, going through my own issues with Hashimoto's and thyroid issues, it just was like a natural progression for me to share that story and dive into that with my clients and my community. And it ended up attracting so many other women who were dealing with thyroid issues and it seems like every woman is dealing with thyroid issues. Um, And so it was just this kind of natural progression. But at the same time, there's a lot of commonalities and a lot of strategies that regardless of your hormone imbalances, that is going to benefit you across the board. And so, but then to dive in deeper, right, there's always customization that can really take you a lot, a lot deeper. But with that said, there's still so many things that, that people regardless of sort of the symptoms and, and whatnot that's showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I'm kind of going through like, like literally right now at this moment, I <laughs> am going through something really transformative, which is super cool. Um, I started going off of all of this hormonal medication um, right. a couple of years ago. So first it started with um, getting off the birth control which was eased by the fact that I was prescribed spironolactone for something my GP that I was working with at the time um, had diagnosed me with um, hyperaldosteronism. Yes. So my adrenals producing a whole bunch of um, aldosterone, creating high blood pressure, whatever. And... I guess this medication is can also be prescribed for women who are having PCOS symptoms or acne, that sort of thing. Yes. So getting off of it allowed me to get off that birth control without too many symptoms. Um, but then right. I got to the point, and I'm like, I need to get off of all this shit. I'm sick of it, right? So went off of the seronolactone, and for a few months, kind of had like this grace period of being like, oh, okay, I think I'm great. Like, you know, I healed myself doing all of the energy work that I was doing and, you know, having a healthy diet and all this stuff for, for many years. It's, it's just, it's time, right? Or like I'm at that age where maybe it's just disappeared. <laughs> so it was good for about two or three months and then all the symptoms came back and I was just like, fuck, here we are again. But I had a totally different mindset about it this time. And I was like, no, like I am determined to find the root cause. My story is that I've had chronic illness um, for for most of my life and it's all of these mystery things. And so I've had to work with so many different healers and practitioners um, over, you know, the past couple of decades, just trying to piece together all of these things. But I knew that there was something deeper because I'm like, even though there's this dysregulation and you get these diagnoses and stuff, well, something's got to be causing that, right? Right. And so, you know, we can make so much progress with nutrition and supplements and some of these things, but 
what is that underlying thing? Um, and I've been working with a practitioner recently where he was using biofeedback to mm-hmm. look more deeply into what could potentially be causing all of this stuff. And he found layers and layers and layers of like strap, like old strap that was in Interesting. my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, funny because I had tonsillitis and strep about 10 times a year for the first 23 years of my life. Oh my God. <laughs> so we, he, and, and, and so he's been prescribing me these homeopathic tinctures, right? And homeopathy is just, a, it's kind of a new world for me. Um, I've had some really phenomenal results with it in the past, but just didn't really look too much into it. And I was like, okay, I don't know. It's like some sort of cool magic and whatever. I'm just going to leave it at that. Now I'm really quite fascinated and really interested in learning more about it. Um, But I'm now on my, well, I'm just about finished the first tincture that he gave me for the strap. And I'm on day one of my period right now. I've had no cystic acne. I was almost kind of surprised that I got my period today because I wasn't having all of like the crazy symptoms. Normally for over a week, I'm struggling with like low energy and, you know, really, really sore or really tender breasts. Right. And it's been a walk in the park. Ooh, I love it. And I'm like, what the hell? Are you serious? This is so exciting. And so, yeah, like really, really fun. Like there's, I just knew that there had to be something else. And he's like, well, all of this stuff can get buried deep, deep, deep into your system and just throw throw things out of whack right so yeah wow, well, that's exciting I'm so glad you know you're finding something that's like really working and supporting you mm-hmm. um wow I went through many years with like strep and tonsillitis I had my tonsils out when I was I think like 18 yeah always had like swollen gland like that was always an area of weakness for me yeah um, yeah oh my god that's that's really fascinating is that cool yeah so there's 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 so many different solutions out there, right? But it's always bringing it back to let's stop covering up symptoms and just try to figure out the root cause. Totally. And unfortunately, it can take a really long time in my case. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's never just one root cause. That's the mm. thing. Yeah. Just one. It's it's multiple things. And totally. So- may kind of uncover one thing, but there's still other things that can be lingering. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like a lot of women hearing this can almost feel a bit defeated as though like it's so hard to get there. Yeah. You know, like the healing journey in the process is just so hard. And I think it's important that we reframe how we see that because it's it's not hard. This is, this is your life and you have to go through this and show up every day. So why not commit to showing up in the most powerful way that you can in a way that's honoring and supporting your body and your hormones and your cycle and nourishing yourself in the best way that you can. Right. And you're never going to actually get to an end point. Mm-hmm. You're just not, you know, like, the symptoms and the things that you experience in your 20s is going to transform as you head into your 30s, is, is going to transform as you head into your 40s and your 50s. And like, there's always going to be 
a new layer and, and something else that will potentially show up for you to give attention to, right? So how, you know, what I did and how I showed up in my 20s is obviously very different as, you know, now I'm almost heading into my 40s. So, you know, what I did for myself back then isn't going to support me as I move forward, right? So it's always about this like evolving and being open to change and recognizing where you're at right now and honoring that process. Um, Because I think a lot of women also get stuck in this like, but I've been eating this way for years, or I've been doing this thing for years and taking this, these things for years and nothing's changing. And it's like, because nothing, you haven't changed anything. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to, you have to support your body where you're at now. And what you did, like I said, 10, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. it's not going to support you where you're at now. So just yeah, went on a rant about that, but <laughs> no, those are, those are fabulous points, right? Cause like when I started my healing journey, the, the, the nutrition was such a huge game changer for me, right? For sure. Like, because I had went from treating my body like, you know, a dumpster <laughs> to eating real live foods. And it was just like, oh my God, nutrients, right? So it was like, I was having great results right away. Yep. And I've been very meticulous with my diet for many, many, many years now. Um, and obviously there was still stuff underlying that we're, we're discovering now at 38 years old, all the strep that I had when, when I was a kid. Um, and so it could take me so far, which was still a huge drastic change because I was such a mess. Right. But like every single one of these things makes a difference. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, but you do, you, you, you have to put in the work, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You just, you have to put it in the work, but it does work. And it you do work. feel so much better, even if it's just incrementally, um, because over time, those small steps just, I mean, I'm, I'm a totally different person than I used to be. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And like what you learn about yourself along that, the process too, is just so beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Like that process, it's a really beautiful thing to, to be able to yeah. witness that and, and, and see that evolution of yourself too. Totally. Yeah. Learning more about yourself. I mean, that's one thing that I've been really fascinated with, you know, at, at, I guess, 35, 36 years old is the first time that I was actually having real periods for pretty much my entire menstruating life. Right. 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 And so I started period tracking and getting more curious and interested in seeing the patterns and how my energy shifts and then starting to learn more about the different phases that we have. And, oh, so like the things that I've always been frustrated about in terms of not having consistent energy all the time, like a man does, well, that's actually not normal. Totally. (laughs) we are supposed to, you know, have ebbs and flows. Yeah. And, and then that can help you in so many ways um, by just putting less pressure on yourself. And I was always so hard on myself. I have a lot of type A tendencies and, um, you know, owning several businesses and managing all these people. And I'm just like, why, why, why can't I be consistent? Like I'm not showing up. I'm not, you know, there was a lot of um, kind of negative self-talk uh, around that. Totally. And now it's like, oh no, okay, well, this is something that I can work with. And there's magic in these, in these different cycles. Um, 
So yeah, there's there, there's a lot of medicine in in that as well. One hundred percent. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and maybe chat about metabolism. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a big one too. That's something that shifts over our lives big time. Something that I've struggled with, um, you know, especially because I did a lot of like intense calorie restriction in my 20s. And I thought, well, and I mean, and it worked for me at the time, right? I was like, okay, well, I'm getting healthier. I need to lose weight. So I'm just going to eat 1200 calories a day and work out really hard. And then ended up burning out my my metabolism, my adrenals, all of the things. So yeah, maybe let's chat about that a little bit and why maybe it's more than just weight loss. Absolutely. Yes. Well, you said it right there. It is more than just weight loss. And I think when we hear the term metabolism, that's instantly what we think of. We think of weight loss or weight gain. And of course, our metabolism does play a role in that. But our metabolism is so much more than just weight. Mm -hmm. It is fertility. It is digestion. It is, you know, thinking like brain energy, brain fuel. It is how our bodies grow and repair it is involved in all cellular processes. So when we think about root causes, metabolism is actually a root cause. And it's something that we just ignore because again, we're trying to just treat the symptoms. And so, but when you think about these symptoms and what is at the root of a lot of these symptoms, it's metabolic health. And so we need to number one get out of the mindset that metabolism is just about weight and this whole idea that oh my metabolism has slowed down because i've aged mm. that's a thing that i often hear is like mm. yeah as i got older my metabolism slowed down and it's like that's actually not what's happening your metabolism isn't like yes it is quote unquote, slowing down, but what's happening and why that's happening is because your metabolism isn't given the nourishment that it needs. It's gone through calorie restriction Mm. or it could have gone through the opposite, which is overeating. Um, So it can definitely be either end of the spectrum. Um, Over-exercising is often a thing. Um, as well as the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, like really little to no movement um, or exercise. And then um, our metabolism is involved in like all cellular processes. And for your cells to function and to thrive, they need minerals. You know, minerals are like spark plugs to that cellular energy. And so we're very mineral deficient because we're undernourished or we're eating the wrong foods, quote unquote, wrong foods. You know, I never want to necessarily say thing like something is good or bad necessarily, you know, right or wrong when it comes to nutrition per se, but I guess there's, um, there's better options really. Right. Um, so metabolism is just it's so important. And when it comes to addressing a lot of these hormonal symptoms that we're experiencing, it's start, it's important to start digging a lot deeper 
and think about metabolism as a whole because it's not just weight. It's literally playing a role in your thyroid function and your adrenal function, mm-hmm. your fertility, your estrogen, your present your progesterone, right? It's it's involved in all of that. And so the more we can optimize our metabolism, the better hormonal balance we're going to have. Mm, That's interesting. I've never thought of it that way as metabolism (laughs) being like the root cause of a lot of these hormonal imbalances. Absolutely. Huh. Okay. So how do we fix it? (laughs) (laughs) So to pull it back a little bit, there are some really important cues that your body gives you to mm. show you that metabol that your metabolism needs help. Mm-hmm. And so number one is exhaustion and fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, low body temperature. So if you have cold hands and cold feet, mm. yeah, that's a really big one. Um, sleep, brain fog, obviously weight. Yes. Weight gain. That will be, that's an important one for sure. Um, fertility or like, you know, issues with infertility, pregnancy, whatnot, that's, that's a, and that's a requires so much like metabolic fire to do that. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, infertility is definitely, you know, all about supporting metabolic function. Um, cravings, although cravings are, we can talk about this, but cravings aren't, I think they're given like a bad rap and we can kind of, you know, put that to the side. We could always circle Mm. back to it thoughts on cravings. Um, so these are important symptoms to pay attention to this, you know, when we have all these symptoms going on, this is essentially what means our metabolism is needing some support. And, uh, I mentioned, did I mention, yeah, I mentioned body temperature. Yeah. So like cold hands and cold feet, but specifically tracking your body temperature is going to be really important. So most women, I mean, ideally our body temperature should be around, I guess around 97.8 to even that might be a little bit low, like 97.8 to 98, um, give or take. So that's kind of where we want our, our temperature to be. And so this is just a simple tool that you can do literally every day to just track your metabolic health and more importantly to also track your um your thyroid health because your thyroid is your metabolic igniter and your thyroid wants to run warm and the warmer your thyroid is running the warmer everything else is running which means you have fuel and fire in your body and energy to burn off and that's what your metabolism needs it needs energy so if your body temperature is really low And, um, like I was saying, so probably around 97.8 to like 90, even up to like 99, that's typically normal. That's what we really want, right? Mm -hmm. This means like your temperature numbers are ideal. It really means like metabolic function is, you know, high, uh, it means your cells are producing energy and heat, which is obviously what we want. And now we have fuel in the tank to actually go use. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can track your temperature upon waking. And when I say upon waking, like do not get out of bed. You, you literally just want to like open your eyes, roll over, grab your thermometer and put it under your tongue 
and take your temperature. And you might want to do it like two or three times just to make sure because oftentimes the thermometer could be a little bit like cold at first. Mm-hmm. So it may not read exactly. So, you know, take it that first time, but then maybe, you know, wait a minute or so and then do it again so that you can just get a second reading just to make sure. So as you start to dip below those numbers, that means your thyroid output is low. And that mm-hmm. means metabolic function is low everywhere because thyroid hormone is involved in every cellular process. Your thyroid hormone is literally, it literally communicates to every cell in the body. So if that's low and it's like a cascade effect, right? So if that's low, if your thyroid is low, then cellular energy is low. Fertility is low. Energy is low, right? Your basically your thinking capacity, your energy capacity, all of that just starts to dip. And Mm. then because we, it kind of impacts our resiliency. And so this is where now like stress, you add stress on top of all these things, right? So it's like all these metabolic functions are starting to dip and then you add stress on top of this. Well, stress is going to add more fuel. So stress is going to tank that thyroid even more. Mm -hmm. So this is by tracking your body temperature is just like one simple tool that we can do every day because it's going to give us feedback and data as to where our thyroid function really is and our metabolic health overall. So mm-hmm. if you're too low, then you know you need more food because so many women are under eating and they're minimizing not just calories, but carbohydrates and you can't convert energy and thyroid hormone without glucose. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to eat more food, eat more carbohydrates and manage your stress, which I often hate that term because it just feels so like, yeah, like like it's not tangible. Like how do you actually do that? Right. (laughs) Um, But like managing stress isn't just like, okay, meditate, which I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm just going to like slow down. I'll meditate or I'll go to your yoga class. And like, sure, that can be great for your health. Don't get me wrong. But we don't often realize the stressors, like how under eating is actually a metabolic stressor. It's a massive stressor or overeating. That's a metabolic stressor, not getting sunshine. That's a metabolic stressor. Mm. right? Just not even going outside and exposing yourself to natural light, like regardless of the sun or not that's a metabolic stressor. Staying up too late, metabolic stressor. Too much blue light, computer screens, that's a metabolic stressor. So when we think about stress, of course we have these everyday stressors of like finances, work and bills and family and kids and you know losing a loved one. And of course those are stressors, 1000%. But there's also these other things that is happening every single day of our lives that we're not realizing causing metabolic stressors, mm-hmm. right? All the other things like, like I just mentioned, the, the sleep and the blue light and all of that. So tracking your temperature is really important. I think I totally just went off on a tangent there answering your question. No, I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So where do we go from here? There's so many wow. things I can, <laughs> I yeah. can expand on. Um, did I even answer the question about how do we support our metabolism? Essentially, the two biggest pieces are eat, eat food, yeah, yeah. yeah. and don't restrict carbohydrates. Yeah, and 
if you've been on a low carb diet for a very long time, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean like balls to the walls and go and like eat all the carbs. Like you need to be conscious of slowly increasing the carbohydrates because if you if you overload your body with way too much glucose when it's been on a low carb diet, that can that can be hard. Mm-hmm. So just be really conscious. Like you know, might be a quarter cup of sweet potato or like half of an apple. Like if depending how lo- low carb you've been and for how long, but mm-hmm. you just want to do that really slowly so you don't like overload your system. Yep. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, I've done all the diets, right? So I've done mm-hmm. the keto, I've done the intermittent fasting, I've done all the things. Totally. And what I can tell you <laughs> from many, many, many experiences is that, yes, when you do these restrictions and stuff, you may see your body change in shape. However, <laughs> every single time that I have done this, I have ended up hurting myself in some way. So, you know, I've done a few cleanses, right? Where it's like extreme calorie restriction, all of these things. I get totally obsessed with the process. And then in the end, I end up totally destroying my adrenals. Um, I've had flare, like histamine flares start coming through my body where I would get like rashes and shit and like, Oh my God. And and then my stress, the anxiety, the anxiety and the depression, these like crazy swings because now like my HPA access is just totally fried. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough. So, you know, I really love the conversations that we're seeing more on social media around body positivity. And it's not like, hey, (laughs) it's okay to just eat whatever you want and be 300 pounds and that's healthy. Like that's not healthy. But we've been so conditioned to just essentially destroy our health for this ideal of perfection. Yes. And it's tough, right? Like I, I still do it. You know, I feel uncomfortable in my body sometimes. After I went off of all of this birth control and stuff, like I gained 20 pounds, Yeah, you know? And it sucks. It's uncomfortable, but also maybe this is just the size that I'm meant to be. I eat extremely healthy, you know, I'm active, but not everybody is meant to be a size two, right? Yeah, I yeah. 100%. I mean, I again, I, I agree. Like, I think it's so important the body positivity because we're seeing there's on the flip side of that, we're seeing so much like body dysmorphia and even face dysmorphia because of filter. Yeah. Those are scary. We're seeing so much of that on social media. And I think that if we could really shift the narrative from weight loss and being thin and skinny to being healthy and actually women recognizing what actually healthy means because just because you might be in a skinny body and at a specific weight, that doesn't mean that you're healthy. I know so many women that are, you know, fit and thin and are dealing with low libido and skin issues and infertility and brain fog and, you know, numerous issues. So, health is what we want, right? And we need to look at what it means to be healthy. And I can fully relate to, you know, at times like just feeling 
uncomfortable in my body and, you know, shifts that are happening, just the shifts that are happening naturally as you age and like, oh, these gray hairs are showing up and these, you know, these wrinkles around my eyes weren't here like a few years ago, right? Like, it's just this recognition that like, this is where I am and in the present right now. So I'm going to do all that I can to support that process versus looking in the past, like I was saying earlier, and trying to go back there. It's about honoring where I am now. And I also think that um, I actually totally lost my train of thought. So I'll just, I'll just end it there. (laughs) That was a beautiful place to end. I love that. Yeah, that was great. Oh, well, thank you so much for all of that was, I mean, like I've been taking notes and I'm like, okay, thermometer first thing in the morning. Oh, totally. Yeah. We do still have work to do with the metabolism. My hands and feet are very cold as we are speaking. And I find in the winter time too, um, it's more prevalent. Like I'm noticing it happens every single day in the afternoon. Now I, I do have an energy dip, but I also get extremely cold, like to the point where I can't warm up. Like I need to have a bath or I need to sit in front of the fireplace or something. So there's definitely still work that, that needs to be done there. So yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, and that's okay. You know, and that's okay yeah. that there's work to be done. I, yeah. um, this is an, an opportunity for you to dig mm-hmm. deeper and learn more and, you know, different things that I would look at is, are you eating enough calories in the morning? Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to what you were saying about how, you know, you did intermittent fasting, you did all the diets and you did all those things. Right. And I can relate. Like I did them all as well. And I did intermittent fasting. And I always say like, it worked for me until it no longer didn't. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I realized that it really did start to impact my thyroid, especially because, well, yeah, you're minimizing calories and I was minimizing carbs a little too much. So what happens is you feel so good because really you're actually living off of cortisol and adrenaline mm-hmm. and you're addictive. Yeah. Because we become addicted to living off of cortisol and adrenaline and we don't realize that that's what's happening, but that's why we feel good. And, and then, I mean, you're going to come crashing down at some point. So um, I would just look at eating more calories, potentially, you know, are you eating enough carbs during the day leading up to that sort of mid afternoon? Um, and I know that was a massive difference for me. Like when I just started to eat breakfast within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up, mm-hmm. oh my God, like yeah. it was a night and day difference in my energy levels and just how I felt. Um, and then always keeping your feet warm is really important. That's another, mm-hmm. always to keep your feet warm. So wear socks and wear really warm socks. And, um, because especially in traditional Chinese medicine, like your chi, your energy, your vital life force actually flows up through your feet. And so we really want to keep our feet really warm. So that's another important thing to support, you know, metabolic health is like, keep your body warm. And if you're prone to eating a lot of cold foods, I used to do that too. It's like, oh, I'd be in a rush. I'll just like grab this chicken out of the fridge and eat it. And it's like, no, actually warm up your food. So mm-hmm. that's another tip that I would share too. Those are great. Yeah. It's funny. I'm kind of, in, I'm more intuitively doing a lot of these things because I'm working on an intuitive eating, right? So, um, but the socks, I'm on it with those yeah. for sure. That's great. And yeah, for sure with the warm foods, that's something that I really haven't paid attention to until maybe the past couple of years. 
Um, but just, you know, studying Ayurveda and things a little bit, it, it, it made me focus on that a bit more, but focusing on the intuitive aspect of it, I right. want warm, nourishing foods. Like that's all I want right now. And every once in a while I will, you know, like grab a cold cucumber or something out of the fridge and I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Like it is good sometimes, but mostly sure. it's like I want the stews and the soups and like the warm, nourishing things right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's good. It's I know I'm easily, right? Like in yeah. the dead winter, I'm not opening yeah. my fridge to eat a salad. <laughs> yeah. I crave a soup, you know, I crave something warm. Whereas yeah. when it's really hot out, yeah, I'm more prone mm-hmm. to like I want I want a salad and that's just seasonal, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's a healthy thing to be doing. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I know you have a hard stop, so we will leave it um, here for today. Thank you so, so much for all of this amazing wisdom. Um, so for folks who want to heal metabolism and hormones and all of the things, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do love hanging out on Instagram. So you can connect with me there at Holistic Wellness Witch. You can tune into the podcast, which is the Wellness Witch. And I do have the Naturally Nourished program, which is all about helping women restore their metabolism and their hormones um, based on their female physiology. So that's what that program is about. Uh, You can learn more about that over on my website at holisticwellness.ca. Amazing. And you do some business coaching as well, don't you? I do. Yes. I run a nine-month business mentorship program. Love my students. Love business coaching. Mm. Um, Yeah. I started that uh, about three or so years ago. And um, yeah, I run a nine-month business mentorship. So we work primarily with practitioners and wellness coaches who are looking to launch, grow, and scale their online coaching business. So we function as a mentoring program, but also a digital marketing agency where we actually implement Mm. your tech and your funnels and your automations and you get to work with our tech team so that when you graduate from our program, you actually have your tech built and your funnels and your systems set up for you. And you've actually built like the foundations and and a real legitimate business. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's just a great program. and, And I love all of our students. It's amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. And for everybody listening, make sure to check Samantha out and yeah, let's, let, let, let's heal our hormones together. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for sharing your time and energy with us today. We'd love to hear your feedback on how our podcast has impacted your life and are also open to suggestions for new and interesting topics. Please leave your comments with a quick review to help us grow this magical community of wellness warriors and light workers. Every month, we select one lucky reviewer to win our big magic box containing all three of our beautiful magic lattes. To connect with us further, check us out on Instagram at wild underscore remedies. Thank you again and see you at the next episode.